0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't bend. You're bitten on me. It's time to get a check, boy. You on the sideline, you ain't made the headlines, now it's time to reject, boy. You bittin' on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot, I'm Jordan in the clutch, boy. You bittin' on me? It's time to get a check, boy. You want the sideline, you ain't made the headlines, now it's time to reject, boy. You bittin' on me? What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Best shot. I'm gonna
2: take the last shot. I'm joining the country, boy. Look. All righty, guys. It is time for another episode of the Auto Bid. I am Aaron Robinson, and I am joined, as always, by my twin brother, Andrew Robinson, man. And it is week four of my college basketball season, man. It has been off to a great start, man. We're going to run you through today, uh, our, obviously, our top 25 rankings for week four, man, but also going to get you caught up uh, on some of the, week, the weekend's action, man. And then we got a treat for you guys, man. We got Brandon Slater. Um, I arguably the most improved player in the country this year. Uh, one of Villanova's best players is currently the third league and score on that Villanova basketball team. We have an interview with him. I'm going to get you guys through later in this podcast, man. But before we jump into all that, man, definitely want to remind you guys to stream my guy, pull up Tay's music. His new project, uh, Why Stop Now, is out on all platforms, man. Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. Make sure you check that out, man, Why Stop Now? Uh, is out everywhere, man. My like guy Pull Up today, is one of the best up-and-coming artists out of the D.M.V. Make sure you guys tap into my guy's music, man. And also, as always been one, make sure you guys want make sure we remind you guys to give us a like, give us a give us a, re, a retweet, give us a rating uh, on on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, five stars only, please. Uh, when you when you listen to the Auto bid man. Again, we are one of the only podcasts in the country giving you guys. Everything you need to know on mid-major basketball each and every week, man. So make sure you guys are always tapping with our content, man, on social media, as well, man. Tell a friend, tell a friend about the good gospel of the auto bin, man. But like I said, man, it's been it's been a busy a, a, a busy week four in, in college basketball, man. We've had some upsets, uh, we've had some teams in, in, in our in our mid-major poll uh, that have got some huge wins, man. Also, some teams that have taken some losses, man. So Andrew, man, what what wins uh, stick out to you the most? Uh, over this past few days, yeah, man, we had a lot of them, man. So I mean, I think I our, our started off, man. Uh, our, our one of our top, you know, two teams, you know, from from last week's poll, St. Bonnie's, took their first loss of the season, man. They suffered a loss to, you know, Northern Iowa, you know, who who obviously got off to a very underwhelming start this year, you know. But uh, you know, AJ Green went off for thirty-five in this game, man, which is a great sign for Northern Iowa because obviously, you know, he has struggled. A lot, you know, early on as far as you know getting this rhythm coming back you know, off of his injury from, from last year, man. So, you know, that wasn't necessarily, you know, an, an upset, but that was a big-time win, you know, for Northern Iowa. And, you know, obviously St. Bonnie's first loss of the season, and I they really had jumped into the top 20, you know, in in, in the AP poll last week. You know, um, I think arguably the most surprising, you know, uh, victory came you know, from Utah Valley. You know, they were able to get a victory over BYU in the return of, of Mark Pope to his old stomping grounds, man. And, um, you know, obviously that was BYU's first loss of the season But I think you know a lot of people, you know, obviously BYU was ranked 12th in in, in this week's AP poll. A lot of people, you know, even had had an argument for them to be even higher than that. You know, a lot of people had BYU as a top 10 team, you know, in the country, man. And obviously they suffered their first loss, you know, to Utah Valley. So that was definitely a shocker. Coastal Carolina was able to get an 80 to 56 win over South Carolina out of the SEC, which was definitely, you know, a a surprising result because you don't see mid-majors just, you know, shellac power five opponents like that, man. So, you know, that was definitely surprising. Uh UMBC was able to get a win over Pitt, you know, in, in, in a game that obviously, you know, was a heartbreak for my guy Tristan Freeman over at Boston Braggies. man. We're gonna have to, you know, somebody make sure we we, we check on him because his Pitt Panthers are are suffering early in the non conference, man. But, you know, obviously UMBC was able to get an impressive win. You know, um, so so shout out to, to, to the retrievers for that. <laughs> Also, Monmouth out of the Mac was able to get a win over Cincinnati on the road, which was obviously a big time win for the conference. We've seen, you know, Iona do do numbers this, this season, obviously getting a win over Alabama down there in Florida. So now Monmouth is on the board with another big time win over Cincinnati. You know, obviously uh, we had George Pappas on our Our podcast last week. So, definitely happy for those guys to be able to get that win. And, you know, Winter was able to get a win over Washington out of the Pac 12, which is obviously, you know, a big win for the Big South Conference. You know, obviously, they're there in year one after Pac Kelsey, like, to go and take the job at College of Charleston. So, you know, it's definitely refreshing to see that program still, you know, on its two feet. And uh, it's definitely, you know, saying a lot that that they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Big South this year. Um, Other news, you know, we had. You know some some mid major you know um, mid major games. I also you know swayed a few things in our poll. We had College of Charleston. that was able to get a win over Chattanooga. You know in a game that obviously you know was featured two teams that were uh, in our our top twenty five you know for this week. And then UAB was able to get a win over East Tennessee State, uh, seventy to fifty seventy to fifty six. You know. Um, Also, you know, obviously a a big-time win for UAB, kind of further, asserting themselves as one of the best mid-major programs in the country. And last but not least, Richmond was able to get a win over Wolford, 73 to 64. So definitely, man, a lot of action, a lot of upsets, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of momentum swinging games for a lot of teams, man. But, you know, definitely was was a fun week this week, you know, in our uh, mid-major college basketball landscape. Not for sure, man. I mean, can we talk about Northern Iowa for a second, man? I mean, this, this has to be the most confusing team in college basketball, man. I mean, obviously, we had expectations for them coming into the year. Um, and then, obviously, they, they, it sucked the first two weeks of the season, man, losing to Nichols, losing to Vermont, you know, losing to Arkansas. Um, then they go on the road and beat St. Bobby. I mean, everybody's like, all right, you know, maybe this team is turning around, man. Maybe this team actually, you know, is going to, you know, figure it out, man. And then they go and they turn around and they lose to Bradley. And they don't think about it. This is a bad Bradley basketball team. Like I know, I know it's a conference opponent on the road, but this is a bad team that has lost this um, to Howard Brown and Duquesne already uh, on its season. Man, our uh, 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 also lost South Dakota State, who's a good basketball team, and Colorado State, who's a good basketball team as well. But this is simply not a not a very good Bradley basketball team. You know, I mean, and, and for real I would have dropped that game, man. I mean, that, that that's just that's, that's not a good loss, man. I think it's tricky time to. Pump the brakes on this Northern Iowa basketball team, man. Obviously, you know I, I'm embarrassed. Cause I'm actually going to mention that one more time later in this show, but this might be the last time you hear me you know, mention Northern Iowa's name uh, on on this podcast, man. Because they have just been, you know, up and down, man, and, and hard to figure out all season long, man. So I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 officially almost off this Northern Iowa bandwagon, man. Yeah, I mean, you know. On a positive note, you know, even though they, they did lose that game in the battle, you know, A.J. Green did have 30 points in that game, and I think – you know, obviously, we mentioned he had 35 in that game against St. Bonham, Metro. so to see him go for 35 in that game and 30, you know, in this game, obviously, he started off incredibly slow, you know, uh, early on in, in the non-conference, which was a big reason why, you know, they, they, they suffered a lot of those early season losses. So to So to see him starting to get back in the rhythm and to be the A.J. Green that we know him to be um, definitely is a positive sign, you know, for those I Iowa going forward. So um, I definitely agree with you that I think they're, they're – um, A far cry away from Lewis, Chicago, and Drake in the Missouri Valley. I think that there's even a number of other teams that you consider and put it over them, even a team like Missouri State is probably better than them uh, in in that Missouri Valley. But I think that as the season goes on, this is going to be a team that is going to improve, you know, as the year goes on because they have the talent. You know, I think they're a team that can beat anybody but can lose lose to anybody um, as well. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I, I want to touch on that, that Utah Valley game as well, man. I mean, I think it's – that was super surprising, man, because BYU is a team, and some people, like you said, had the top 10 team in the country, man. Obviously, they were 12th in the 8-10 poll coming in, man. And then you drop that game uh, to Utah Valley, man. That was definitely super surprising. You know, Utah Valley is no They're and 7-1, and they're going to definitely be a force to be reckoned with uh, in that whack for sure. Um, but, you know, BYU, man, I mean, for them to shoot 31%, from the floor, 25% from the three-point line and 70% from the foul line. I man, that's just uncharacteristic of a Mark Pope coached team, man. I mean, those guys are surgical offensively. And for them to struggle the way that they, that they did versus Utah Valley, man, I mean, that's definitely credit credit to Utah Valley for a defense that they played against them, man. But, you know, BYU, man, for them to drop that game is definitely going to hinder some things. Next week, we're going to have some work to do uh, in our rankings, man, because obviously they're sitting at number one right now. They now have a loss. We talked about St. Bonaventure to drop the one at home to Northern Iowa. Um, Obviously, St. Mary's and Colorado State getting ready to play a huge game on Saturday, um, and if Colorado State comes out of that game with a win, uh, I, I think we'll, we'll hopefully be able to put them, you know, comfortably at number one in, in our mid-major poll, man. But um, definitely uh, um, some some great games coming down the pipe, man, uh, in, in our in our in our mid-major landscape uh, this week. Not for sure, man. I mean, to add insult to injury, you know. BYU loses, you know, senior Gavin Baxter, you know, with the uh, torn ACL in his left knee, man. This is going to be the third year in a row, you know, that he has a season and the injury, man. So, you know, my heart definitely goes out to him, you know, because, you know, as athletes, we all know how hard it can be to battle back from just one major injury, let alone three. You know what I'm saying? So I know that, you know, that BYU team is definitely going to rally around him, man. But you know, nonetheless, man, we did unveil a new Major your top 25 this week. Um, for those of you who did not catch it on Twitter, the top 25 goes as follows. BYU is number one. Colorado State, number two. St. Bonnie's, number three. San Francisco out of the WCC, number four. St. Mary's sitting at five. Little Chicago, six. San Diego State, seven. Utah State, eight. Ohio Bobcats out of the MAC, nine. Belmont, 10. Iona 11. Chattanooga 12, Wyoming 13, UAB 14, South Dakota State 15, New Mexico State 16, Buffalo 17, Murray State 18, Oakland 19, East Tennessee State 20, UC Irvine 21, College of Charleston 22, Wolford 23, Monmouth 24, and the Dayton Flyers at 25, rounding out our week four mid-major poll. So, Ace, man, what are your thoughts on this week's poll? Yeah, man, first and foremost, man, I want to say it's good to see Monmouth um, in the poll, man. This team, obviously, we, we went back and forth about a little bit, man. But definitely happy to show some Mac love, man, for my man. man, obviously, who dropped their first game of the season at Charlotte and has since won five straight games, I'm including the one over Cincinnati over the weekend, man. And obviously, it was, it was great because we had Papas on here on last episode, man. And obviously, you were talking about um, Walker Miller, who, you know, the walk-on there, Texas, Carolina. Um, and he, obviously, was able to get a win over his big brother, Wes Miller, who's the head coach at, at Cincinnati, um, so he was able to get one up on, on his big bro um this week, man, and was able to get it to, to get a little sibling revenge, man. I'm sure you probably will be talking about that at Christmas, uh, when they go home uh and talk, you know, and meet over the family dinner, you know what I'm saying? But um yeah, man, did, uh, I think mom's gonna have something to say about, about that, that um the the, the talk that i has kind of been the best the best team in the Mac, man. I think mom's definitely gonna have something to say about that, man. And you know, they're they playing some good basketball right now, man. Obviously, also out of the SoCon, um Got three SOCON teams in it this year, man. None of them are Furman, man. You got to know how much I love Furman, man. But, you know, this week we got Chattanooga, uh, Walford and ETSU. All three of those teams are, are, you know, checking into our top 25, man. And um, obviously, uh, Chattanooga obviously lost to college to Charleston, man, who's a great team out of the CAA, man. So um, that, that, that lead, obviously, really good. Wofford obviously was able to get a winner with Georgia, who then went and beat Memphis uh, last night, man. So, um, you know, obviously Georgia struggled a little bit early on man but Wofford is definitely um, a great basketball team speaking of speaking of Wofford I actually had an opportunity to see a former Wofford great store Murphy uh last night he's now suiting up for Virginia Tech um obviously was able to get a win in that ACC Big Ten challenge um over Maryland man which which was awesome to see man but so kind of gonna be gonna be a really fun league man I think you know there's gonna be a lot of teams obviously you know we haven't even mentioned UNCG who we, we also debated kind of putting it in this top 25 as well man um they're going to have something to say about, about you know, the, the, the Silicon Race, man. But um, definitely, definitely, I think those are the biggest takeaways, man. And then, um, obviously, um, the Mountain West with Colorado State, um, San Diego State, Utah State, and then now Wyoming uh, moving up to 13, man, definitely a strong showing for that league as well. Yeah, man. Shout out to, to, to our guy G. Pat, man. You know, he said he wanted people to put some respect, you know, on Mammoth's name, man. He said they wanted their flowers, and you know, we we heard you, man. We heard you, man. We got you guys on top twenty-five. Um, so definitely shout out to Mammoth, man. And you know, for Wolford, that win over Georgia is just looking just a smidge better, man, because Georgia was able to beat you know Memphis yesterday, man, and uh, obviously get a win over you know uh, Penny Squad with the Monty Bates and Jalen Duren and crew, man. So you know. That, that victory for Wolfers looked a little better, man. But I think you hit, hit the nail right on the head, man. For me, I mean, I'm, my, my biggest takeaway, you know, from this week's uh, rankings was, was Wyoming. You know, they, they come in. Right now, they're sitting at 6-0. You know, they have a victory over Washington out of the Pac-12 right now. And um, I think that for, for for most people, man, I think, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, they don't really have any great wins. You know, Washington isn't great. Detroit Mercy isn't great. You know, Conflict Fullerton's not really great. You know, but... You know, I think for me, man, they have a big-time matchup against Arizona that's coming up on December 8th that's going to tell us a whole lot, you know, about this Wyoming team. I mean, I, I think that, you know, obviously Arizona's going to be heavily favored in that game. You know, but I think Wyoming can compete, you know, and, and show that, you know, obviously if, if they're not blowing out or anything like that, and, and obviously if they would have upset Arizona on the road, then, you know, it's going to say a lot about Wyoming, man, in, in that Mountain West race. And it might be time to start – Talking about Wyoming, you know, as a, as a team that potentially get an at-large bid, you know, if they were able to go on the road, get that win over Arizona, and now they're setting themselves up, head to Mount West, playing with some confidence and some opportunities to get some victories over Colorado State, Utah State, and teams of uh, teams like that. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for me to get an at-large bid. I mean, you've, you've only got really two real chances to kind of move the needle in the non-conference. You mentioned the Arizona game, then they're going to get Stanford, um, obviously on on Wednesday, December twenty-second. Um, Stanford's kind of, you know that wouldn't necessarily be a huge needed moving wing. I the, all the people see them as an NCAA tournament team, you know, but if they were able to get those two wins and then you go into the Mountain West, which is looking really good this year, man, obviously Colorado State has, going to have an opportunity to put themselves uh, in that top 25 discussion and they're able to beat St. Mary's. They um, also, we, 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 you know, talking a lot about San Diego State, Utah State, um, and even Nevada, man, who's gotten off to a slow start um, at 4-4, four and four, man. But they've got obviously uh, two of the best guards in the country. I mean, in, in the conference, in uh, Grant Shurfield and Desmond Cambridge, and also they, they're really well coached, obviously, with Steve Offerman. man. Even a team like UNLV, who's sitting at 4-4 four and four right now, you know, I had an opportunity to, play, to see them play in Las Vegas, man. They battled uh, versus Michigan, man. They eventually lost that game, and, and they almost beat Wichita State. Lost that one, a close one as well. Then they have a loss to UCLA and then SMU. But, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be a team that's just going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be scrappy. You know, they might not be, you know, one of the most talented teams in there, but they're, they're going to battle, um, and they're going to get some guys to run for their money on, on you know, and, and speaking of them, they're actually going to play uh, San Francisco this Saturday uh, at, at 10 o'clock, man. So they're going to have an opportunity kind of get a good win for themselves. And for San Francisco, who's currently fourth in our pool, they're going to have to you know, kind of avoid that upset. Because um, V is definitely coming, man. But my is going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm definitely looking forward to, to seeing how that league plays out. No, for sure, man, for sure, man. Definitely going to be definitely a conference to watch, you know, come, uh, come, you know, conference tournament time, man. Or oh, excuse me, conference play uh, for sure, man. But you know, as you mentioned earlier, man, we are pleased to be joined by one of uh you know dnv's finest you know I'm saying uh dnv's finest team takeover finest Paul the sixth finest you know a guy who uh, we had the pleasure of, of playing with this summer oh, excuse me last summer uh in, in the Kennel league man and that's uh little Novas Brandon Slater man um I think you guys obviously are, are, are gonna be able to you know, kind of hear his um just his growth, you know, and, and his story just about, you know, obviously the things he went through early on in his Lenovo career to what he's been able to, to, to do this season as one of the most improved players in college basketball, man. So without further ado, man, I'm going to get you guys that interview with Brandon Slater right now. Alrighty guys, we are here for another episode of the Auto Bid. I am Aaron Robinson and we're joined by my twin brother Andrew Robinson. Today we got a special guest, man. We're joined by Villanova, senior forward Brandon Slater, man, fellow DMV guy, man. So uh thanks for, for coming over today, Brandon.
0: Uh thank y'all for having me, man.
2: Uh, no problem at all, man. We definitely want to remind you guys, as always, man, make sure you gotta tune in to my guy, pull up Taze music, man. That was him on the intro. Uh also make sure you gotta argue us a, a subscribe. Like a rating to this podcast, man. Whatever you got to tune into this podcast, man. Tell a friend and tell a friend about the auto bid, man. But, um, like I said, man, we're super pleased to have Brandon Slater on, man. He's, he's having a spectacular season, uh, for Bill right now, man. And obviously, um, you're a guy that, that you know has had a, a long college journey, man. I mean, the first few years, you know, start off kind of rough, didn't, didn't play as much, man. But you got to be one of the most improved players in the country this year, man. I mean, you're you're starting, you know, averaging about 14 points a game, 30 minutes a game, man. I mean, talk a little bit, a little bit about this year, man, and and the, the development that you kind of had coming from you know last year to, to this year, man, and, and what you kind of able to improve on over over the course of the, the season.
0: Yeah, so uh, be- definitely uh, right after the uh, the season ended uh, against Baylor, I kind of I kind of took that one hard because when I was in the game, we had to lead as soon as I got hurt. As when they went on that run and then they. Uh, eventually ended off as a national champ. So I kind of took that hard. So ever since then, like, I probably took like a week off then. And then I was practicing, working on my shot ever since then, working on different type of ways to get into the lane, working on uh, thinking thinking the game through, just got to do everything better for my teammates and my coaches. So ever since ever since that game, it's just been like a, a, a click and talk, just, just trying to work every single time, every single chance I get, I'm just trying to work. Yep.
2: Now, uh, one thing, man, first of all, I man, I definitely got to say, man, as, as somebody who's, you know, watched your career, man, I, I know I'm thinking for myself, but, you know, a lot of other people that I spoke with, man, like, we're incredibly, definitely proud, man, of what you've been able to do, man, because, you know, in, in today's day and age, man, it's not a lot, it's not not very often that you see guys that stick it out, man, when you, when you cross off like that, you know, most guys hit the portal and, you know, look for green the passage, man, so for you, I mean, like, What was those times like, you know, in your freshman and sophomore years, man, when you weren't playing a lot? Like, you know, what was kind of going through your head? What was those combos like with you and Coach Wright as far as, like, his vision for you? And just kind of how did you get through those times to kind of, like, see it through to kind of where you're having the success that you are now?
0: Yeah, uh, it was definitely difficult uh, at times. Bro. But, like, every every single time, like, uh, he would be straight up with me. Like, even in my recruitment, uh, I was, like, a very, very highly touted recruit. But, like, he told me, he was, like, it's not going to be easy for you and I'm not going to give it to you. So then when, when he was saying that, then then when conversations got real and, and when situations got real and, and I wasn't seeing the floor, like, at all, certain games, like, it was it was like, all right, now I had to change my mindset that am I getting better in practice every day? So like if I if I'm doing this drill did I win this drill or did I do what they asked me in this drill so like I'm thinking about drills not even the game cuz I'm probably not going to get in the game but I'm focused on what I'm doing in this drill and then that's going to help me get better this this day next day day after that so like even even with like my stats like my stats they probably didn't show me getting better as much as people thought I was but And anybody in the program, you can tell if we're working 24-7, you see every single guy get better, like tremendously better. So I was just focused on getting better each day, and it just just so happened that this year was the year that everything clicked.
2: (laughs) Now, you mentioned before the, the improvement in your jump shot, man. Obviously, this year you're shooting almost 50% from three, 64% from the from the field, man. I mean, obviously, me and Drew know from uh, folks who don't know, me and Drew played at Quinnipiac, obviously, for Ghost Baker WV, who came from yeah. Villanova. So, our, our systems yeah. uh, were, were running extremely similar, man. I remember we used to have to do these vitamins every day. Uh, <laughs> practice, uh, in the summer, you got to make yeah. like I know when he was able in the summer, we had to make like Hundred free throws. I can't remember the exact number. Maybe like two hundred, three or something, something yeah, like that. Man. But yeah, yeah. Um, what was that like for you, man? I mean, was it was it, was it the vitamin? Was it some extra work that you, that you put in, man, to, to kind of improve your jumper, man? I mean, um, talk to me a little bit about how you kind of put that work into to get your jumper the way it looks, you know, this season.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, so when I got when I got to Villanova, uh, I had to change my jump shot. So not a lot of people knew. Like I broke my hand my senior year of high school, so that kind of like affected how I was shooting. So then they changed how I how I held the ball. They changed how I like started to use the ball, like how I dribbled the ball and all that. So when I got to Villanova, it was obviously like a different coaching shot because I'm used to shooting. Like however I was shooting for like 15 years, and then I've changed it. So so I had to get used to that. And then once once it like clicked, then it clicked. It just took longer for me. Like other players we had, Sadiq Bay, they changed his jump shot. It, it worked right away for him. Or well, we had uh, Justin Moore work right away for him. So like me, it just it just took a little bit longer, and and that's just how it happens sometimes. But they had me in the gym, oh, man. Listen, they had me in the gym like more than anybody, and like and like when I was in the gym, like they made sure they're like, bro, like you're not good right now. Like they would tell me that, like, and and that's something real, like, and it's and is you really. You got to take advantage of that, and I'm so glad that I stuck it out, and I'm so glad that I had them telling me that. They were like, yo, you suck right now, but we recruited you, and we know what you can be, and they kept telling me, we know what you can be. We're going to push you to get there. You're not there right now. So I'm so glad that I stuck it out, and they had faith in me and giving me this opportunity right now.
2: That's respect. That's respect for sure. Cause as a player, I feel like being in those situations and being in, in the locker rooms, a lot of times coaches, they assert code things to tell you what you want to hear. But they will be like, yeah, well, this guy's probably going to end up transferring anyway, so we're not really going to invest in him. I think it really just speaks to the culture of that program. Man. You know, a lot of people have said Villanova's like, you know, wing you. You know, you have like somebody like Mikael Bridges, for example, who redshirted his freshman year, got better each and every year and got drafted. Obviously, everybody knows about, you know, the, the Josh Hart story, how he was able to develop over four years. For you, um, you kind of like the next in line of that wing that's kind of just improved every year and gotten better. Um Tell bit about what that development is like, you know what I'm saying? Like, as a wing, like, is there anything specific that you guys do that you think allows, you know, Villanova to produce the wings that they've been able to produce over the last couple years? Um, And specifically, how you guys have been able to improve each and every year of of, of your college careers?
0: Uh, I would definitely say that uh, the coaches, they do an amazing job at just uh, player development. Like, I feel like we have one of the best coaching staffs in the the whole country, and that's not me being biased. It's just uh, they take their job so seriously, like, we come in the gym, uh we're not taking it free just like to throw it up. Now we're right underneath the basket. We're practicing our form shooting. Then we're practicing like every single type of layup. We're practicing every single type of jump shot or round over. We're practicing Every finish we can underneath the rim, uh, on the side of the room. we're practicing every pivot, every jump stop. So when we work on our skill development, when we work on our our, our finishing, our footwork, and all that, like you're gonna get better. And it's just so having that. We had great guys when they were in high school, and then when they got here, like uh, they push us to a whole nother level. So I, I gotta I gotta say like. I'm so I'm so glad that I I had this opportunity to stay here. Like they like people ask me to transfer, I'm like I'd get them the same answer I do now. Like no, like I'm not leaving because like. I have the perfect opportunity and I knew that back then and I knew that now so seeing guys like Josh Hart seeing guys like my coach now Dwayne Anderson back in the day seeing guys like that you see you see Sadiq Bay who I grew up with you see you see any any Josh Hart you see anybody who comes in they they just get dr- drastically better like you become a better shooter you become a better playmaker you you become a better ball handler you become a better defender so it's like they work on every Single situation, all the time. So like, we'll be in practice for like two, three hours, working on every single situation that can happen for you. And it just so happens that it, it works out for us. So I'm, I'm glad that that we have that.
2: Yeah, I think people don't really understand like when you when you say like every pivot or like every <laughs> like. <laughs> y'all know, y'all, y'all know. Y'all be in practice really like. Not shooting the shot, just jumped out, pivoted, and passing the ball. Like, yeah,
0: you know, the, bully. Bully right. Oh, bully, bully man. Y'all already know. Y'all already know. Bully. We got Bradley. We got to finish on this side. Finish on the right-hand bully. You got inside-hand bully. Like, we're doing all the things. Sometimes we'll practice, no jump shot, no steals. No jump shot, no steals? All right, now we gotta work on our defense the whole entire time. I pivoted the whole entire time. It was crazy.
2: Nah, literally, bro. I remember, I'll never forget when Dunity came in there my junior year, bro. And we was we was in there because I, I first out we had a coach uh coach Moore, he, he's at UConn, now he came from Yukon. Um and we kept Dunley in there, he was he was like, yeah, like me before practice, we shooting these little like these Two foot jumpers. I'm like, bro, what are we in here doing all this for? Are we pivoting. I'm like, yo, ain't nobody got time for this, bro. Like, can we hoop? Like, then they're yeah. telling you, man, yo, you got to make sure you, 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 jump, you jumped out. I'm like, yo, all right, bro, I'm not trying to do all this, but yeah. it's crazy, man, because it works. I mean, who has won two championships in the last five years? We, we already named the past. You know the, the dudes in the, in the NBA, we didn't even name Eric Pascal with Jeremiah Robertson Earl and Jalen Brunson and Dr. Democenzo and all you dudes leaking in, 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 over, man. So it, it definitely does that does work, man. I think that ties into something that I wanted to ask you about because um for those of you that don't know, man, I had to, I had to bring the old gear out, man.
0: Oh man, but, got the attitude on baby. Man. Man.
2: <laughs> 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 listen, those that that that, that, that do not know man in practice we have uh we had we had something called attitude points I'm sure I'm gonna let Brandon talk about this but oh, you know man. um not not only is it things that we track during practice like dives and charges and paint touches and then this and that but it's also honestly like like a way that you run the program you know what I'm saying and, and, it, and it's you know your mentality when things aren't going your way you know what I'm saying and, mm-hmm. and, and you know battle through adversity on, on the court but you know, t- talk to me a little bit about about what that means, man. For those who don't know, man, what what is attitude and how do you guys kind of use use that uh, in your programs?
0: Yeah, I think I think you hit it spot on. So attitude, it basically has a meaning of its own. So so attitude points are based off of like you said, our dives, our steals, our extra passes, our tap backs, our offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds. So we're not we're not worried about who scores the most, because we're going to have right. different scores. We're going to have leading scores the whole entire season. So we're not worried about that. We're worried about how did you get to that? Like, what what set did we run? And then what did you do in that set? Did you did you make a second cut? Did you get a paint catch? Did you make a paint pass? Were you finding your teammates? So, like, different different little things like that on the <laughs> defensive end. Who got a steal? Who got a dive? Who took a charge? So... All of those things, they factor into how we we play. And here at Villanova, we focus on our triangles. And the bottom of our triangles is defending, Reba rebound and play hard and play together. So if, if those are the, the, the bottom of our triangles, that's what we want to focus on the most. And that's what's in our attitude points, and that's how we calculate that. And then attitude itself is just like, yo, you might not be having the best game, or our team, we might not be... Uh, hitting shots and the refs might be a ref from a different league or you're playing against a, a, a top – the top team in the country and the refs – it's a nationally televised game and the refs know that they want this team to win. So you got to focus on what you can control. And what you can control is, is your attitude and, and your effort. So your attitude is – if things aren't going your way, you can't sulk and you can't be upset that it's not going your way. You gotta find a way to to make it work. You gotta find a way to make it happen and do it for your teammates and your coaches. And if something's not going away, you're not going your way, attitude next play. Like we just it's a mindset that you just gotta have. And then we take that into life, we take that into school. Uh when we get out of college and we're not playing for Villanova, we, we still keep that same mindset. Yeah.
2: Now, you're a guy that um is I think, you know, at least from the outside looking in, man, seems to definitely pride himself, you know, on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you're a guy that, you know, from watching watching you guys play, man, you oftentimes in a guard and every team's best perimeter player. Um, you and Jermaine Samuels are two of arguably the two best winning defenders in the country. Um, talk about that aspect of your game and kind of where that came from and kind of how you can use how you use that to kind of affect winning for your team.
0: Yeah, uh I mean just just wanting to wanting to do something for my teammates and my coaches, I think that we have like very special guys who wanna do that. Like we, we might not always uh be good at it, but we always want to do that. And then having a guy like Jermaine who who taught me how to play as soon as I got here. All right, listen, because he he's seen it from Mikael. He's seen it from Josh. He's seen it from Eric Pascal, he He's seen it from Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo. Like, he played with, like, six pros. So he understands the game, and, and he's a great leader. And and we have Colin Gillespie, great leader, one of the best players in the country, one of the best players I ever seen. So we have guys like that who told us, listen, like, if you make your mark on the defensive end, offense will come, amen. Once I, once I understood that in a practice where I had to guard Eric Pascoe, then I had to guard Phil Booth, then I had to guard Sadiq Bey, all in, like, four different minutes. Like, if I had to chase all of them around and I had to guard them, chest them in the post, like, if I had to do all of that, then then I think i will be effective in the game. And then it started clicking. I'm like, oh, I got to play defense on, on – this guy who might be a potential lottery pick or something like that, or this guy who's a first round or this guy who, who they're saying they're going to be a player of the year. So stopping those guys and, and changing what the other team's offense is or, or making it harder for them, they're like, we want to take pride in that.
2: Now, I have to ask you this, because I'm glad you mentioned Colin me, man. I, I want to ask you about Colin, because I feel like, obviously, you know, last year he's Kobe, he's pretty here, so I don't want to say he's underrated, but I feel like he doesn't get the respect that he deserves at times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People talk about, oh, like, he's playing that good, no, he's just, he just a little, you know, a point guard running system. But for those that don't know, like, Colin, first of all, he can hoop. Like, <laughs> he can hoop. <laughs> he got he like, some boogie with him. He got like some boogie, boogie, boogie with him. And, no. like, this dude is just, like – when it's time to, to play in them big games, like, he shows up. You know what I'm saying? So, so talk to me a little bit about Colin Gillespie, man, and, you know, why you, you think he, he kind of doesn't get the credit that he deserves, man. But, you know, what, what he, how important he is for you guys' team?
0: He really is like a, the, a coach on the floor. Like, literally tells us everything that we need to do. Like, without Colin, our our engineers are running He's getting us in the in the position. He's telling us what plays we got to run. He's telling us what defense we're gonna do the next possession, not the possession right now, the one after that. He's telling us what play we want to run two possessions from now. Like he's literally thinking the game twenty four seven. We got home. Uh, we got home from the game last night, probably around like eleven ish. Like he's in my room watching film on his phone. Like like the film wasn't even up on our huddle yet he found a website that he can watch the film of the game and he's watching the film. I'm like, yo, we just got like, we literally just got home. His mind is always ticking. So like having a guy like that, he knows the game so well that when he plays, it's just like second nature to him and people might not understand because they see like, they don't see a dunk from him or they don't see like a crazy crossover, but like, like he can actually do everything on the floor. Like, like, Anything that we ask of him to do, he does that. And he and he does it the best on the floor every single time. It's it's an amazing, it's an amazing guy to have. It's just he helps us like in every aspect of the game. Seriously.
2: Now, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about, you know, you guys as a team, man. Um I would say you guys empty the year, you know, as a top five team in the country. A lot of people say that you guys are one of, you know, main teams this year who could win it all. Uh, you had two big-time big time games this year against UCLA and Purdue that you guys weren't able to to pull out victories. Um, you guys have another big-time opportunity to play. You know, got got Baylor coming up to kind of get another signature win. Um, talk me through kind of these early-season games, you know, what it felt like, you know, to play in these big-time games early on and kind of what you think you guys need to do to kind of get that signature win early in the non-conference schedule against a team, you know, that potentially is going to mean a lot, you know, when it comes to March time, when it comes to seeding and things like that.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it, all of these games, man, they mean a lot. So all these games that we play from any tournament or, or any non-conference game, like they're, they're, they're very important to us. And then we, we try to approach every game with the same mindset as every game is our biggest game. And it just so happens that we have a crazy conf- non-conference schedule and we're playing top teams in and out and we're playing really tough teams, big five teams. So uh, playing those two games, UCLA with a great an amazing team. They uh runner-ups. Uh, they were well, almost with the runner-ups. They lost at the, at the buzzer. Everybody knows that they lost at the buzzer. But I mean, they played amazing when we were out there. Every every time we made a run, they made a run. Every time we answered on our, we answered when they made a run, they made another run. Every time we made a we, we made a great play, they made an amazing play. So uh, they, that's a great veteran group of team, and and Purdue is just off the they're off the team right now like Purdue is an amazing team and we got to give it we gotta get both of them credit uh we had both of those games and, and we understood when we came back to film and we watched film uh what we messed up at and we understand we got to execute certain plays and, and certain times down uh down the stretch and we're gonna get better at that and hopefully we get to see them again uh, but we have other opportunities to 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 like you said, show show how we how we've gotten better and show what we can do now. So uh, we're gonna try to take full advantage of the the opportunities that we have playing against these uh, bigger teams.
2: Now, you, you mentioned, you know, obviously uh, the game at UCLA, man. I mean, that game was, that was one of the most exciting games that that I, you know, had seen watching college basketball because obviously, you know, they were up in the beginning and, you, and then y'all went up and then they went back up and they went to overtime and that game was just cra- crazy. Obviously, it was, it was a true road game. Like, you guys went to UCLA and played them on the road, man. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, that game, what you remember you know, from playing in that game, man, being out there in LA, man. Just, what, what, was, what was that like for you guys, man?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, uh, First of all, being from the East Coast, going to the West Coast, none of that's easy, man. Like you're not used to that atmosphere at all. So so most of our guys were we're probably from like the same northeast area or mid-Atlantic area. So like when we when we go over there to the to the West Coast, we're not used to the time change. And and that was probably like one of the things we didn't even think about like while we was playing, but like as soon as the game was, over, we were like, Yo, we flying back home. It's like three hours difference. Like people texting us, it's like three in the morning for them. We like, oh, we didn't even know that. Like, <laughs> like that probably that probably was something that that we probably should have thought about coming into the game. But uh, they play extremely hard, and and I gotta give it to them, man. Like they really have a great team, man. Although I think they, I think they just lost like a like one game or something like that. It doesn't matter. Like they're a great team. They are a great team, and they have a strong coach. And he obviously was. He used to be in the Big East, so him and Coach Wright they go way back. And then they had a great game plan for us. And anytime we change something up, he changed something up. So he knew what he was doing, and he has a great team, great players, and they're a special team.
2: Now. Uh, You mentioned the Big Five. You guys are going to see St. Joe's, you know, next time out. Then you're going to have a matchup against Syracuse and, you know, one of them old old Big East games that everybody loves. Um, You know, for you, man, that's going to be a game that's going to be in the the Jimmy V Classic. But, you know, for you, what's that going to be like you been playing in a game like that, you know, against Syracuse? You know, a lot of, of, you know, us casual basketball fans, man, we love the kind of – You know, think about back on that old Big obviously you guys are going to be matched up against also one of your former teammates and and Cole Swider. Um, But, you know, what are you looking forward to about that game versus Syracuse?
0: Yeah, so uh, like you said, the St. Joe's game. The St. Joe's game, uh, what people don't know is it's kind of like a little rivalry out here uh, in the Big Five. So so probably not – it's not nationally known, but here in Philly it's big. So uh, if people are watching our game – and, and it's a close game. Don't be surprised because they are a really great team and, and they're, they're going to do everything they can to beat us. And we're going to do everything we can to beat them. It's just going to be one of those those games in the atmosphere of the big five. And, and that's just how it's going to be. And then Syracuse, I mean, that's another tough team. Uh, one of the old biggies, biggies powerhouses. And, and we get a chance to play against them and, and do it for a good cause. And we're doing it in the garden. So, um. That's a that's a big venue, a very historic venue, and we get to play against one of, one of our old players. So, both both games they kind of have like their own little twist to it, and, and we're excited for both.
2: Now we didn't mention all these non-conference games, man. I mean, you know UCLA and Purdue, and we need to talk about Tennessee and Syracuse right. and Baylor, man. And um, obviously, the league that you guys playing is the Big East. And the top eight teams in the Big East, not including Villanova, Villanova is currently ninth place with, with two losses. <laughs> the first eight teams in the Big East right now are combined fifty-one and seven. DePaul is in first place, and they say six and zero. Oh. I mean, the Big East, the Big East uh, um, this, this year is a lot stronger than it's been in past years. Just got done beating up on the Big Ten in the uh, Gavitt game, and you guys and you, you kinda of didn't even play in, the, in that in that mm-hmm. invitational, man. But uh, talk to me a little bit um, about the strength of the Big East this year, man. What you kind of looking forward to? Um, going into that league and also kind of what it means to see the league, you know, gain so many quality wins in in the the, non-conference this year.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, we're blessed to even be in the Big East, man. Uh, we got to thank all the teams that that are in the Big East and that, that showed how how strong of a conference we are, man. Because uh, when we when we play against each other night in night out, honestly, it's a battle, and and you never know what's gonna happen. So uh, we have great players, we have talented teams, we have talented coaches, we have historic coaches, we have historic venues. So when we we might not be seen as like one of the bigger conferences because we don't have a, a football team or we don't have a, a strong presence, like a strong, like a, a, a large enrollment that has great that has a lot long fans and and all that. But like it doesn't matter. Like we we care a lot. Like it might be a little bit too much about basketball in the Big East. So so when we have players who who are player of the year discussion, not just on our team. Like We have other players who are player of the year discussion in the Big East. When we have people like that, it's just, it's amazing and you get to play against great players, you get to play against potential pros, you get to have uh, historic coaches that you get to go against every single night. So um, uh, we're blessed to be in the Big East and, and we can take full advantage of that and, and we appreciate everybody who uh, notices that the Big East is a really tough uh, account.
2: <laughs> I mean, I got to ask, man, obviously, you know, all three of us are DMV guys, man, and Villanova has become, like, the, the DMV, like, our favorite school, apparently, man, with Josh and, you know, Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins and yourself and Justin Moore and Sadiq. Listen goes on and on, on, on man, like, you guys talk about that in the locker room at all, like, or, I mean, but just, like, and what's that like for you, man? Obviously, you're there right now with Justin, man, like, you know, what is it like for you being able to play with a guy you know, from back home, a fellow team takeover guy, like, just, what is that whole dynamic like, you know, over there at Villanova?
0: Yeah, well, uh we, we talk about it all the time. We we kind of we kind of give the Philly guys, the people from Philly on this thing, we give them a little uh a little hard time about it because like seriously, we had like Scotty Reynolds, Dante Cunningham, Dwayne Anderson, uh uh <laughs> Mo Sutton, Mutayaru. Like we we've had guys from like anywhere. We've had uh <laughs> we've had literally probably been like 20 guys in the last like 10 years or something like that. It's crazy. Like, we have a lot of guys from the area, and it just so happens that, like, our area is so talented, and it's so it's so filled with talent. Like, so, and it's so little. Like, we don't we don't really notice until we get older and we, and we leave the area and we play in college or we play professionally and we see somebody that we know or or we're on the team with someone that we know. Like, me, Justin, and Sadiq, uh, we've been playing with each other since we was, like, five, six years old and we never thought we'd all three of us be on the same team. So like as crazy as it sounds like you literally are playing against somebody who's a potential pro or playing somebody who you're gonna be college teammates with so like yeah we give we give the Philly guys a hard time about it all the time man. we tell them it's the DMV like the V and Villanova DMV like
1: <laughs>
0: we get them a hard time about it like 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 we, we tell the Philly guys like man like y'all can't do anything so y'all come down and get y'all get us like <laughs> we, them, we, bust, we bust them up a little bit about that but I mean we got great Philly guys so we gotta get them credit but we take a little yeah. bit more pride in that down there.
2: Nah for sure man listen me and Drew would used to do the same thing because our our class at Quili was was me, Drew and Abdullah Bundu who played Take Play play yep. Take play Largo. Uh-huh. Kid Matt Matt Bullock is there now. He's from mm-hmm. Montgomery County Kid man and we had a bunch of dudes come come through there through the year, man. So D M V pride is 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 all well and it's all well and good, man. We always gonna yep. carry that torch, man. Yep. Um, even at DMV, man. I mean you you played at Paul Six, obviously. Um, you know, in, in one of the best high school leagues in the country, man. WCAC two of those guys, Jeremy Roach and Trevor Keeler are playing at, at Duke right now and you know, are, are off the great start to the season, man. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, what it's been like kind of seeing those two guys uh you know, do, uh do their thing on the biggest stage, man, and obviously, you know, just kind of being being able to come from a program like Paul Six and, and and being able to be able to uh be on this stage now doing what you gotta do for the area.
0: Oh yeah, man. Uh, I'm so blessed that I, I got the opportunity to play with Paul the Six. Um but when I got there they had I think out of fifteen guys they had like twelve division one players that year. It was the it was the the what what did they win? They won like the title. they won the WCAC title, they won state they won, uh Hamer like they won like every single. It lost like three games a whole year. They won every single tournament that they were in. So when I got there, it was you had amazing players. Just you were lucky enough to even put the jersey on that year. So and then I had VJ King, I had Frank Howard, I had Aaron Thompson, I had Corey Mantego. I, I just I had the best one players in class with me, and like we're not getting in the game the next day. <laughs> like we like we're, we're practicing with a JV just to practice with a JV because we're probably not going to play in the game. But, like, you got, like, four or five guys on the JV team who are going to be Division One players. So uh, just having having that type of program, like, prepare you for something like this. Uh, not not a lot of people get that. And I'm so proud that I got that opportunity. Um, seeing guys like Jeremy Rose and Charlie Kills, man. Uh, it's, it's great to see what they what they've become because when when I was playing with them they were a little bit different obviously they were a little bit younger and but you can see it. you can see the potential and I, I just so happened to have a backcourt with <laughs> I had Aaron Thompson at Butler I had Anthony Harris UNC I had Trevor kills I had Jeremy Roach Duke Duke so like I had. The best of the best. So I, I got to say, man, I'm, I'm thankful for having them on my team and, and seeing them improve every year and seeing what they're doing now at Duke. Man, I'm so glad. I'm happy for them. Now,
2: yeah. yeah, man, obviously, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken, you know, when you committed to Villanova your senior year, that was the year that they ended up winning the national championship with Dante and Amaris Bellman. And um, obviously now you're a senior. And, you know, you guys are kind of back, you know, like I said, like I mentioned before, man, top five team in the country. And a lot of people think that you guys have what it takes to win it all. You know, for you, man, what would it mean to you to be a part of a national championship winning team at Villanova this year?
0: Uh, that would mean the world to me, man. Uh, obviously, Everybody who plays college basketball, they want that goal. So, so the thing that we want to to distinguish from from any other team, uh, we're trying to we're trying to be the best team that we can be at the end of the year. So, hopefully, that takes us to to whatever standard that has for for us as a team and and what we can do. But man we're so excited to to even have the opportunity to play this year so we we have great guys great coaches we have guys who believe in each other who believe in the coaches who believe everything that the team is talking about what we what we want to do what what we want to get done so I feel like we have a great opportunity with this group of guys and and, and I'm so excited to even even get out here play our next game like like even like further down the line of course everybody wants to play in that in that last game but this this game that we played against St. Joe's like, just as much right now.
2: Now, now, Brad, I, I I can't let you get off the hook uh, without asking you without asking you a question, man. Obviously, everybody knows Jay Wright uh, for for his style, man. And the, the guy the guy has, has put on some some <laughs> great suits over the day over the year, man. I think our coach, baby, delavy might have gotten from him. But not got got some nice suits. So I don't know if you ever seen mm-hmm. any of his
0: suits, man. I seen I seen, 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 seen a few of his suits. He definitely He's put, few, put that
2: thing on, you know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> I, 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 I have to ask you, man. Who is the best dress on y'all team, man? Who has the best swag? As a matter of fact, if you can't say yourself, if you can't say yourself, you know what I'm saying? Who, who, who you putting in, 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 in your top three on y'all roster, man?
0: Okay, okay, okay. So, you know what? I gotta yeah. put, I gotta put Colin in. He has some calm fits. He has some calm fits, but it's like he has he has like a different different aura when he wears his stuff. So it's like he might wear some sweats, but it's like some some cool sweats and some Jordans, like some nice Jordans that we probably can't get. So so you like all right. I see. He just want to slightly flex on us a little bit. Then you got Jermaine Samuels. He has great fits all the time. Uh, and then Caleb Daniels, he comes in every day. He tries to prove to us that that he can dress. So <laughs> you those three, those three definitely. All right,
2: all right. So so where do you rank in, in this tier, man? Are, are you a chill guy? Are you are you? I'm really about to put that thing on. Like, what do you rank on the team hierarchy?
0: Yeah, I gotta say I'm like in the middle. I'm in the middle because like like when I, when I decide I want to do it, like I can I can put a fiddle over like. I think sometimes I just wanna I wanna relax. I probably don't want to show them up too much, you know.
2: <laughs> Man,
0: I bet coach Wright gonna feel
2: away that show him got him in the top three. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh. Be- the coaches were allowed to count? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, let me take that back. Let me take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take that back. All right, man. We got Coach right at number one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he he, he saying, yo, I
0: need my business. That's game. Hold on. <laughs> we got Coach right at number one, definitely. Then I gotta put Colin number two, Coach Nardi number three. So Coach Mike Nardi, he's like our gear guy, and he like tells us what to wear, what to do. Like he has some, he has some nice fits with him. And then we get to the players after that, but them uh, two for sure. Uh, all yeah.
2: right, I respect it. I respect yeah. it. I respect it, man. <laughs> solid list. He said what? He said solid list. Solid list. Yeah, man, yeah. Very, very <laughs> solid list, man. Very solid list, man. Well, well, we won't hold you too long, man. Definitely want to thank you for coming on today, man. It's definitely been a lot of fun, man, and definitely like Drew Chen in the beginning, man. Super proud of you, man, to be able to see you know your, your, your development over the over the last couple of years, man, and. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys do the rest of the season, man, and, and, and definitely room for you guys, man.
0: Thank you so much, man.
2: No problem. Hey, and, and, and as I always, man, hey, attitude on three, baby. Attitude on three. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. That was Brandon Slater, man. And uh, sheesh, man, that was uh, that was a pleasure, man. I think, you know, the one thing that I, I took away from that, man, obviously is, you know, I mean, that, that guy is, is definitely, you know, the prototypical story, man, of just sticking it out, man, and not giving it up, not giving up. And I think it's definitely a testament, man, because you don't see that a lot, man. And you know, in today's day and age, man, where the transfer portal is, you know, a thousand names plus. You know, I mean, it's, it's guys that average 19, 20 points a game. You know, the Marcus Carl of the world that's hitting the portal, man. And you know, for a guy like Brandon Slater, man, who really didn't play much of, you know, at all his first two years, started playing more last year, but didn't really have much of an offensive impact or anything like that, man. For him to stick it out all three years, man, and now to be having the success he's having now, man, I mean, I think it's just um, a story that a lot of people could learn from, a lot of people could, you know, draw inspiration from, man, and, you know, I think, the greatest reward, man, is I mean, this this is a guy that's put himself in position to make, to make some money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a guy like him who's you know six seven long, a defender first, you know, but also a guy that can knock down shots in the perimeter. He's going to give himself opportunity to, to to get drafted next year. I'm not saying it's going to be you know a first round pick, you know, but he's a guy that can definitely maybe you know be be a sleeper somewhere in the second round or even if he does go undrafted, is a guy that can make a roster, you know, because of what he brings to the floor, you know, defensively. And obviously we know what, you know, Villanova's history is as far as developing wings and guys like Mikael Bridges and Josh Hart, you know, and the list goes on and on, man. So um incredibly proud to be able to have him on the podcast this weekend and to allow you guys to be able to hear his story, man, because I think he's definitely one of the most unique stories uh, in all of college basketball. Not for sure, man. I mean, you mentioned the NBA, man. This dude is a prototypical 3 and D wing right now, man. If he, if he continues to shoot the ball the way that he's doing it right now, he's not going to finish the season at 50% from threes. He's shooting 48% from three-point line right now. I don't, I don't think that'll continue. But, you know, if, he, if he's hovering anywhere near 40, um, with his measurables, man, at 6'7", 220, long, athletic, um, if he's going to have opportunity to get drafted, man, I mean, we, we've seen it happen, you know, obviously, Sadiq Bay wasn't on the NBA radar when he first got to Villanova, man, and Mikael Bridges wasn't on the NBA radar when he got to Villanova, man. This dude is, you know, damn near the favorite for defensive player of the year right now uh, in Phoenix, man. We mentioned, uh, obviously, Josh Hart uh, also wasn't on draft board when he got to Villanova, man, and, you know, was able to stay four years and turn himself into a pro, man. And, you know, Slater's, you know, followed that same path, man. I gotta give him a, a lot of credit, man, for coming in there and sticking it out, man. This dude, you know, averaged basically zero his freshman year, one his sophomore year, and three points a game last year, man. And for him to be now averaging 15, 4, and 2 on 63% shooting from the floor and almost 50% from 3, is just a testament to, you know, the, the person that he is, man, and the player that he is. Also the culture at Villanova, man, that they have just developing players, man. And You know, how many guys have really left Villanova, man? We absolutely we remember Javon Quinlan left a couple of years back and Coach Meyer left last year, but guys don't leave that program, man, and go you know, for reason, just like this, man, for you know a guy like Slater, who you know is reaping the benefits, you know, of sticking it out, man, and staying there. And now I have an opportunity to be a key contributor for a top ten team, man. If those guys messing around, and going, uh, a, a running. In, in March, I mean, we've seen DiVincenzo go from you know, uh, uh, undrafted to, a, to an NBA player in about two weeks uh, in, in March Matters a few years ago, man. And anything can happen, man. But this dude is, is definitely an NBA level prospect, man, with athleticism, the way he shoots the ball, um, and the way that he defends, man. So he'll, he'll have the opportunity next year to make some money for sure. Now, Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about it on the podcast. You know, was able to, uh, excuse me, Villanova dropped those first two games uh, against UCLA and uh, Purdue. But they're going to have an opportunity to kind of get back on the board. Obviously, they're going to have an opportunity to play Syracuse. But, you know, the biggest matchup that they have left, you know, arguably on their non-conference schedule is against Baylor, man. And uh it's going to be a pleasure, man. Obviously, you know, like I mentioned, playing in the uh, Kennel League with Brandon Slater and also playing alongside James Kenjo in the Kennel League a couple years ago, man. They're going to be able to match up again uh in that game, man. So for you guys, you know, I hope you guys definitely get a chance to um, tune in and watch if you haven't seen him play, man. Because um, I mean, this is a guy that is is, is going to be on a lot of people's radar. You know, come March and come into here tournament time, man. When uh, Villanova is making their run as they always do in March, man. So make sure you guys, you know, have your eyes, you know, um, on the lookout for for uh, Brandon Fader and and the Villanova Wildcats. Sure, man. I think now it's time for our favorite segment of the week. Um, the craziest thing we saw, man. I must say, last night was a crazy day in college basketball, man. Wednesday or, or excuse me, Wednesday night um, it was a, was a wild day in college basketball, and we've seen some some four overtime games, man. Namely, um, NC State and Nebraska. I mean, this, this this was a four overtime game last night or Wednesday night, excuse me, in the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge, man. You know, obviously, NC State was able to sneak out of there with a one hundred four to one hundred win. Uh, and a thriller. I mean, I, I saw a video. It, it, it was some, uh, some scuffles after the game, man, and, and dude, dudes running up on scooters, you know, trying try, 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 try to try to get a piece of the, of the smoke, man. But obviously, obviously you know, um, they were able to get it to earn a 104-100 win, man. And, you know, NC State big man um, Darion C- Seaborn, Seaborn uh, scored 39 points and grabbed 18 rebounds in 57 minutes uh, of that game last night, man, which is definitely <laughs> Which is which is ridiculous, you know. You know what I'm saying for 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 a college basketball game, man. So that had to get my vote for crazy thing we saw, man. That, that was an absolute barn burner last night, um, in that in that ACC Big Ten challenge. Yeah, I mean, sticking with the ACC Big Ten challenge, man. First of all, first of all, well, before I switch gears a little bit, man. I mean that that uh, NC State and Nebraska game. Shout out to to Trey McGowan. I mean, hopping out there when your team needs you most, you know, on the scooter one-legged, you know, having your team back, you know what I'm saying? I mean, respect. You know, A lot of guys have just been on the sideline, you know, but, hey, I mean, hey, he put himself out there, man. Somebody could knock him off with a scooter, you know, but, I mean, I think that's the very testament of, of loyalty, man, and brotherhood, man. You know, you got your brother's back. He won your handicap. Quite literally, his his brother is on the team at Nebraska, you know what I'm saying? So, he has his brother's back, man. Shout out to him, man. But I'm going to keep it in the eight ten. Excuse me, ACC Big Ten Challenge, man. Syracuse was able to get a 112 to 110 victory over Indiana in double overtime in a game where, you know, Buddy Beheim goes for 27, his brother Jimmy Beheim goes for 26, and coached by their dad, Jim Beheim, man. You know, so we got. A Beheim, Beheim, Beheim victory, man, for Syracuse. Obviously, scores 112 points, man. Not a lot of defense uh it was played in this game, you know. Trace Jackson Davis goes for 31 and 16 in that game, man. But you know, for me, man, you know, you got the family affair, man. You know, Jimmy, Buddy, and Jim, you know, well, uh, they would lead the orange, you know, over over Indiana there, man. But uh, you know, you always like to see the you know, brothers doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? I think me, you know a little bit about that, man, but I mean, sheesh, man, one twelve, one ten. I mean, wasn't much defense played in, uh, in in that game, that's for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, Trey Jack Davis is an absolute problem. He had at thirty-one sixteen on on eleven or sixteen shooting from the floor, and didn't even didn't take a three the whole, whole game. I mean, dude, dude, dude was was, was out there. You know what I'm saying, doing, doing whatever he wanted. You know what was sexy, man. This we talking about earlier in the podcast, Drew. These dudes, these ain't gonna guard a soul, man. Like, <laughs> they, won the dudes, they won the game. Listen, they won man. the game. Listen, won the game. Beheim, twenty-six. Joe Girard, twenty-two. Buddy Beheim, twenty-seven. Jesse Edwards, seventeen. Villanova's finest, Cole Swider, fourteen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they they get buckets, baby. Get buckets. Amen. I mean, how about this? Look at. The, I mean, look. If we look at the three points they goal, I mean, they made 13 threes. You know what I'm saying? You make 13 threes, you're going to give yourself a chance to win the game. You know what I mean? Hey, man, look, I, I hope they find a way to, to way to guard somebody. I mean, honestly, the ACC is looking garbage anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? They might not have too much trouble in, in that league unless they're playing, you know what I'm saying, Duke or North Carolina or Virginia Tech. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know, man. You're giving up 110 to Indiana. I mean, we trace 31. Miller cop 28. I mean, these dudes was, was, was out here. Parker Stewart, twenty. You know what I'm saying, man? Race Thompson, 17 and 12, bro. I mean, the dudes are out there getting, getting right with them. Like, getting, when have we ever seen that on a – when have we ever seen somebody score 110 on Syracuse? Never. Never. You have never seen it. I don't think you ever – you could think about a team score 110 on Syracuse, man. Like, this don't look like don't, don't look like the Syracuse that we've known them late, man. And I I don't like it, man. I really don't like it, man. But I do respect the bucket getters, man. I, I respect, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? 27, 26 from, from Buddy and Jimmy, man. I, I, hey, listen, you know what I'm saying? I, I ain't mad at them, man. 22, Joe Girard, man. I pray they do that every night. You know what I'm saying? But we know they ain't. That's the problem. They ain't going to score 112 every night. You know what I'm saying? These dudes ain't going to make 13 threes every night. You know what I'm saying? When that happens, and it's current, then that's how you lose at home to Colgate. You know what I'm saying? And BCU, when you score 55 points, because of that. You're right, man. You're right. You know, hopefully they'll be able to you know, get that zone together. I mean, you know, Colgate scored 100 on these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Colgate hung 100 on Syracuse. Hold on. Hold I'm on. Look, Colgate, like, is, about that? Colgate is an offensive juggernaut. Though. 100? In the NCAA tournament. a great. I've seen. High octane offense. 100 is crazy. They've been crazy. a high score team for a long time now. The NCAA tournament pedigree, they're, they're a good team. 100 you know is crazy. crazy. Colgate, 100 on the road is crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, they 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 got hot. You know, they got hot, man. Sorry, man. The ones the ones are gonna find their way into the tournament one way or another, man. You and I both know this, man. They're gonna find their way in. They're gonna make enough threes. The zone's gonna get better by March. You know, don't don't worry about it, man. But you know, speaking of which, man, you know, I know we have a lot of games coming up this week, man. So Ace, I mean, what are some games that our viewers should be looking forward to this upcoming week? Yeah, man, Friday night, man, 7 o'clock. We mentioned SoCon. College of Charleston already caught one SoCon team in traffic in, in Chattanooga. they going to try to catch another one in, 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 in traffic. And as Furman. Friday, 7 p.m. Um, they're going to travel to Furman, man, and, and, and play the Paladins. Man, that's going to be a great game. Obviously, two of the best mid-major teams in the country, man. Furman, who's not in our top 25 right now, but I do think that they are you know, going to be there by the end of the year, man. And Collin and Charleston, we said, is, is, is a great basketball team coach. My former Waffle coach, Pat Kelsey, also shout-out to my guy, Jermaine Ukebu, who's probably the youngest assistant coach in the country, you know what I'm saying, right now uh, with Collin they Charleston. man. So definitely want to shout-out to those guys. And they're going to score out, like I said, Friday night uh, at, at, uh, um, at Furman. Yep, yep, yep. No, yeah, definitely uh definitely gonna be a big time game, man. I know uh, you know, Pat Kelsey obviously did a great job at, at Winthrop, you know, over the last couple of years and now is uh to college of Charleston. Um so make sure you guys are are tuned in, man. Definitely gonna be a big time, big time game for sure. Yes, sir, man. Let me go to Saturday. Saturday at four PM. I honestly feel bad for college basketball viewers because there's gonna be so many great basketball games, man. But there's three going on at the same time. Saturday at 4 p.m., we're going to get St. Mary's at Colorado State, BYU at Missouri State, and Buffalo at St. Bonaventure. All happening Saturday at 4 p.m., man. So, obviously, you know, Buffalo and St. Bonaventure are both top 20 teams. Buffalo lives is coming in at 17. St. Bonaventure is at three in our top 25 rankings. And then, obviously, Colorado State is at two and St. Mary's is at four right now. In our in our so in our, in our ranking, so we got got top five matchup and a top twenty matchup, both taking both taking place Saturday at 4 p.m. and then obviously BYU is the current number one team in our in our poll. They're going to go to Missouri State, um, and obviously Missouri State is a team that you know has, has spent time on our poll um, throughout the first three weeks of season. Man, they're a good basketball team out of the Missouri Valley. Man, so Saturday 4 p.m. Man, I hope you got you know a laptop, a TV, and a tablet or something you know to kind of watch all three of those games, man, because they're all going to be going to be a great basketball games, man. And then I'm embarrassed when i telling you guys about this game, man, but Northern Iowa's going to play Sunday at 2 o'clock versus Richmond. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is more of an important game for, for Richmond than it is for Northern Iowa because Northern Iowa played themselves completely off of the at-large, you know, conversation, man. So, you know, for Richmond, uh, they're honestly they're, they're probably off of the at-large at a bubble too, man. They've already got four losses, man. So, you know, honestly, I think it's going to be a confidence booster for either one of those teams. Um, they can kind of, you know, earn a – a quality win out before you get into the conference play, you know what I'm saying? That that will be big for both of those teams, man. It's gonna be in Iowa. You know what I'm saying? So so for, for Richmond, man, you if you can go on the road and get a good and get a, you know, we, we think would be a quality road win, man, that'll be good for them. But at this point I don't know because doing Iowa is is is, you know, like I said earlier, I'm off I'm off that bandwagon, man. And then Belmont is gonna go to St. Louis Tuesday at eight PM. I see Belmont right now is currently ranked tenth in our mid major poll and St. Louis, out of the 8-10 is currently seven and one man. They only lost to Memphis uh, right now on the season, man. So um, obviously they're gonna have opportunity to go in there. Um, Got opportunity to go in there and, and get a win um, on Tuesday um, against uh, Belmont. Obviously they're gonna have the opportunity to go in there, kind of earn themselves a quality win uh, for the A10. Man, who was who also you know struggled um, this season uh, thus far, man. And then on Wednesday, man, we're gonna get Utah State at BYU. Um, another one of our top ten matchups, man. BYU is number one. In our pool, Utah State is currently at 8 in our pool, man. They're going to play Wednesday at 9 p.m., man. That's definitely one you want to circle on your calendar, man, because um, those, those are two teams that, you know, two one loss teams, two teams who have been playing some great basketball as of late. After you coming up there at loss, um, they're, they're going to have a big week um, with Missouri State and then with Utah State, man. So, kind of learn a lot about, you know, a lot of these teams over the next, you know, seven days or so, man. So, definitely looking forward to watching some good basketball over the weekend. Yeah, I mean as far as mid-majors, I mean that Utah State and BYU is definitely a prime time matchup. Colorado State is definitely a prime time matchup. But the one matchup that I think I'm most intrigued about out of all the games you said is uh Buffalo and St. Bonaventure. You know, we all know about you know how good St. Bonaventure has been, but for those who don't know, man, I mean, them those Buffalo rivalries are 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 sharp. You know what I'm saying? The the Buffalo game is a big time rivalry. You know, St. Bonnie's Niagara, St. Bonaventure, all those Buffalo games. Uh, our are our rivalry. So don't expect St. Bionis to, to go in there and, and blow out Buffalo or anything like that. Man, I mean I think that, that's actually a, a sneaky upset pick. You know, Buffalo, I would not be surprised if Buffalo won that game versus St. Bion because, you know, as as Brandon Slay was mentioning, you know, in the interview, you know, when you have those these local rivalries, you know, Villanova and St. Joe's, you know, that he said it himself, don't be surprised if, if that game is closer than you think. I think that this Buffalo and St. Binance game is no different. You know, don't be surprised if if this game is a very close, closely contested game, man. Or even if Buffalo was able to upset, you know, St. Binance in this game, man, because you know, when you have these local, you know, inner city rivalries with, between college teams, man, it doesn't really matter, you know, who's who's you know better, quote unquote. You know, those, those games can go either way, man. So I'm definitely gonna be intrigued to see, you know, the outcome of that one for sure. I mean you mentioned it, man. It's definitely gonna be a good ball game. And obviously say Bob Father coming off of that loss. Um actually, well, they got a few wins, obviously, off um on the copper state, actually uh on Wednesday, man. But common common in that game, man. You mentioned um, you know, that Kinesis, you know, just battled against them earlier, obviously in the year, you know, the other 69 and 60 win for St. Bonaventure, man, by far, you know, it was, was not a cakewalk, man. So Buffalo is surely, you know, going to give them a run for their money, man. And I and I think I, think I expect St. Bonaventure to win that game, but I definitely think it's going to be, you know, a lot closer than some people might expect. It's, it's going to be at St. Bonaventure, so they're going to have that home court advantage, man. But, you know, Buffalo is, is I'm sure, going to travel well, and, and they're going to, you know, bring, bring some fans in on the, on the buses uh, over there from UB. So definitely going to be a good game for them. Um and then, obviously, you mentioned St. Mary's and Colorado State is going to be a huge game, and, obviously, Utah State um, and BYU as well, man. So, a bunch of good games this weekend, man. So, get your popcorn, man. Get ready to kick your feet up on the couch, man, and watch some good basketball, man. Definitely, man. I think it's, um, you know, I, I think, you know, but before we go, man, I definitely do have to give a shout-out, man. You know, you, you mentioned you mentioned Coppin State, you know what I'm saying. Obviously, you know, you um, know, I was going to show the common state man, but if we're going to talk about you know the Miag man, I have to give a shout out to Norfolk State right now, man, because Norfolk State has, as far as non commerce I mean, they separated themselves for the rest of the teams in the me, I man, I mean, they're 9-1 this year, and their only loss this entire season has come to Xavier. You know, they have a win over William & Mary, who's a legitimate, you know, CAA program, a win over Bowling Green, who's never a legitimate major, you know, a win over Hampton out of the Big South, a win over UNC Women's, who's another CAA team, a win over Tennessee State out of the OVC, you know, so they're not beating, you know, slouches. I mean, they're beating, you know, legit, you know, um, Mid-major Division One basketball team, and obviously they were in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, man. I think yeah, obviously we haven't talked a lot about about the MEAC, you know, outside of you know Coppin State here and there, of course, Um deservingly so, man. But definitely got to give a shout out to to to, to Norfolk, man, because you know, anytime you're you know a, a MEAC team and an HBCU at that, when you're playing a lot of buy games, and I, I know a lot of people don't understand kind of that dynamic, you know, when you're an HBCU. You kind of have to go out on the road a lot of times and, and play a lot of these teams, you know, for money to sustain your athletic department, you know. So when you have an opportunity to go out and you're nine and one through your first ten games, definitely gotta tip my hat to those guys, man. As much as it pays me, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, obviously us at copy, you know, we don't, we don't like them dudes over at Norfolk. Has some, have some. Couple, you know, skirmishes with those guys, man, back in our playing days, man. But you know what I'm saying? I definitely gotta give a shout out, you know, give credit where credit is due. Nonetheless, man, they're they're putting off for the MEAC right now, man. So definitely gotta show us love. Nah, man, I mean I wanna I wanna definitely piggyback on that, man. Robert Jones is doing an amazing job over there at, at Norfolk, man. This dude, I mean this is a guy who's won seventy-five percent of his of his conference games, you know, in the MEAC in his time at Norfolk State. Man, I think he just won his hundred-fiftieth game uh, over over the weekend, uh, I believe. And like I said, man, they're nine and one. They're returning a lot, obviously, from last year's team, and Joe Bryan and Jalen Hawkins, man, and um, Tyrese Jenkins as well, man. Guys that have played a lot of games for him and was on that MiAC team last year. But then they also bring in a guy like Christian Ings, who played in the MAC last year at Ryder. He's been great for them this year, obviously, averaging eleven. Almost three assists and, and three rebounds a game for them, man. And you know their their, their team has definitely separated themselves. about I don't, don't want to. I had a conversation the other day about the Miak man. The Miak is not going to be you know any slouch, man. I mean, even a team like Howard, who right now is four and four, had an opportunity to see them the other day uh, versus Austin P man. Who, who you know they, they lost that game sixty-nine to sixty-two, and they lost on Tuesday to Mount Saint Mary seventy-two to seventy, man. But both of those games were very winnable. Um, games for Howard, who's already beating William & Mary, already beating Bradley. I mean, they battled versus Villanova, man. I mean, they lost by 19, but, you know, for an HBCU team like Howard to battle against Villanova at the time of the top five team and now, you know, six in the country, um, is huge, man. They have a freshman that is a star, man. I mean, I'm going to say his name right now, Elijah Hawkins. That dude is going to be a real issue, man. This dude is a freshman at the the high school. Um, He's averaging basically just under 15 points a game with seven assists and five rebounds a game for Howard, man. He's the ultimate floor general. Um, Still a freshman, man, so he's taking his lumps um, at times, man. You know, kind of um, been balancing some turnover issues at times. But, you know, I think once we get in the MEAC play, man, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. man. Also, Kyle Foster, um, one of the best three-point shooters in the MEAC. Man, he's shooting right now 53% from the three-point line, averaging about 14 points a game for them. And then Steve Settle, man, this guy is a 6'10", you know, forward, a uh, sophomore, he averages about 13 a game. Um, super talented kid, man. How are they going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Miac. And then, obviously, we know about Morgan State and Kevin Brodus. You know, they were in the Miac championship game last year. After they added 7th Woods um, to the equation, who let who has you know battled some injuries this this year. You know, he's been he's been, been hurt, um, but but he was back. You know, for that for that HBCU challenge. Um, obviously, only only played a few minutes, but he scored 12 points in in 11 minutes uh, in a win versus Hampton. Um, so, obviously, man, I think once they get him back into the fold, man, he's going to be a guy that can help them a lot, man. They're, they're extremely deep, and they return a lot, you know, from last year's team as well, man. So, man it's going to be a lot of fun. We I mean, didn't even mention our and our, our State Eagles, uh, who've been battling all year. Uh, obviously, you know, they, they played St. Bonaventure extremely tough um, on the road last night. Jesse Zaruela, you know, put up 27 uh, on St. Bonaventure, man, and, you know, those, those, those guys have also lost a few close games. You know, lost the by one, lost to ECU by two, lost the Cleveland State by three, man. So they, they, they've been they've been battling, man. Obviously, they beat Loyola at home, you know, by twenty-two, man. So it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. The it's gonna be gonna, gonna be a lot of fun going to have an opportunity to see Cobbin um, when they play Towson at home. Um, next Wednesday, or I think it's two Wednesdays from now, they're playing on, on December 11th. Uh, I'll be able to be in the building for that game, man. Good, good game for for you know the area and for Baltimore. But looking forward to the MEAC, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, even a team like UMS, who's historically been the bottom of the Miac for I don't even know how long, I mean, they got to win over Fordham out of the A10, and they only lost to UConn, who's number seventeen. Ranked team in the country by nine points on the road. You know, so I mean, I think that, you know, I think that one of the things that is, is has been very refreshing to see this year, man, is a lot of those NYI teams, man, are vastly improved, you know, from from, from a year ago. Um, they're competing at a much higher level all across the board. You know what I'm saying? And from top to bottom, I think that despite a lot of the teams, you know, leaving, you've seen Hampton have left to the to the Big South, AT has left to go to the Big South, you know, Fam and Bethune have have have, have left. Um, but the teams that still remaining to me like, are 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 competing. You know, I think that that's very good for the league, man. I think it's very refreshing to see, um, and just for HBCUs in general, man. I mean, even even the SWAT, a lot of those teams have have been battling early on in, in, in the season, man. So um, definitely, man, a, a positive a positive thing, you know, to note for sure, man. So you know, all my HBCUs out there, man, shout out to you guys, man. I mean, as a former HBCU athlete, man, I know the grind. I know the struggle that it, that that it, it it is, man, to you know play these non-conference games. I mean, I, I think they had they had literally had 10 games in 18 days. You know, literally, like think about that. Like played 10 division one basketball games in 18 days and traveling all across the country. You know what I'm saying? So you know, shout out to the Miac, man. Shout out to the SWAC, shout out to all the HBCUs out there that have been grinding out um in the non-conference schedule, man, because you know, I know it's not easy. You know what I'm saying. And for for all you guys who who didn't, you know, had the privilege to to play the HBCU, man, and go through that non conference grind, man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. You know what I'm saying. So definitely hats off to all the teams, man, that are, that are getting it done, man, throughout the wins and losses, you know, in in the non conference. And shout out to Chris Paul too for putting on that event out there in Phoenix, man. To kind of put a spotlight on HBCU basketball And we had. Four games airing on ESPNU, man, on, on National National Television, man, which was huge to see uh in, in that Boost Mobile Chris Paul HBCU challenge over the weekend, man. And that that was definitely um super cool to see, man. HBCU is kinda you know on TV playing in a big arena, man, and being being highlighted um you know on the biggest stage, man. So and definitely super super you know, super excited for that, you know, and, and you know, props to Chris Paul for making that happen, man. And um hopefully we get to see more of that, you know, in, in the future, man, coming down coming down the line here. I know they're going to do stuff at All-Star Weekend as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure I think Norfolk might, might be playing some in, in Cleveland, I think, down, down the line. Um, Morgan State, man. I think, I think it's Morgan State and Howard. Okay, 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 yeah. So that's going to definitely be, be awesome to see, you know, down there as well at, at the All-Star Weekend, man. So um, it's gonna do it, man. It can do it for another episode of the Auto man. It's been a super fun – Super fun episode, man. Shout out again to Brandon Slater for coming on, man. And shout out to you guys for tuning into our content. As always, man, want to thank you guys. And want to remind you guys again, make sure you guys are, you know, you know, uh, engaging with our content, man. Give us a like on social media, retweet. Repost to your story, man. It, it, it all does go a long way, man. Tell a friend, tell a friend about the auto bed, man. When you see us on Spotify or Apple Music, give us a rating. Leave a comment, man. We definitely do appreciate All the engagements, man. In in far as you know, helping us to get this podcast out to a larger audience, man. And as always, make sure you listen to my guy, Pull Up Tay's new project. Why stop now? His music is everywhere, man. YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, man. Make sure you guys are tapping in. It's gonna be him on the outro. And as always, man, enjoy you guys, week enjoy the hoops, and until next time,
1: folks on the sideline you ain't made the headlines now it's time to reject boy you're beating on me what's the topic of discussion what we talking about take your best shot i'm gonna take your last shot i'm drawing in the clutch boy